Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter, and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business, and leadership because big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast. Today, we are talking about difficult conversations and most importantly, how to avoid them. Hands down, the absolute number one thing that my clients tell me that they wish they didn't have to do is have that difficult conversation. You know, the one where you need to talk about something that makes you feel uncomfortable to say, where you might be worried about how it's going to be received. Maybe you're worried about being mean. And it's usually about performance and more specifically how someone is or isn't showing up in their performance, the way they're working with you. And more often than not, I've noticed that it's often less about what the person is doing because most people, and I'm sure you'll agree, it's easier to talk about the technical side of the job. So the functional things that you want someone to do, that seems to be easier to talk about than talking to somebody about how they're doing the job. You know, maybe they're not showing enough initiative. Maybe they're not being as available as what you'd like them to be. Maybe they're taking ages to come back to you. Maybe they're not acknowledging or responding like fast enough. And you're wondering, what is going on here? Perhaps they're taking ages to get something done. And you think, why is that taking you so long? It should only take you a few minutes. Or maybe clients are complaining because they don't like their tone or you're reading some of their emails and you don't like their tone. So typically it's how someone's doing something for you that is harder to talk about. And it's typically when somebody's not doing something the way you want it done, that it suddenly becomes this difficult, awkward conversation that if you're like most of my clients, which I know you are, you don't want to have. And I'm sure that for many of you listening, that these things that I've talked about, someone's not showing initiative, they're not available, they're taking ages to do something. I'm sure these things ring true to you and you found yourself needing to have that tricky conversation that frankly, you'd rather not have. So today we're talking about how to avoid having those difficult conversations about any of those sorts of things that I've talked about or anything similar. So let's dive in. Are you ready to hear the big secret to not having these difficult conversations? Here it is. The secret to not having these difficult conversations is setting better expectations through the hiring process, primarily at the interview and the onboarding stage. So these difficult conversations need to be had when someone isn't doing something the way you want them to do it. And when you've talked about the way you want things done in the interview, after you've assessed how somebody naturally likes to do things, 
And then after you've made that assessment, you're having conversations and setting an expectation from the outset about the way you want things done. Then you get to refer to it later. And like anything, the second, the third time we're talking about something is always so much easier than the first. Let me give you an example. Let's say that you're hiring some sort of assistant to work with you. Maybe it's a personal assistant or an admin assistant or a virtual assistant. You take a bit of time at the beginning of the hiring process before you sort of start hiring to get clear on who you need. And you get really clear and you write down what you want the person to do. So functionally, what tasks you want them to do, but you also spend a bit of time mapping out how you want them to do it. So in this example, let's say that looks like I want someone to check my emails, respond to everybody using my standard responses and flag with me anything that needs my attention. The way I want them to do this is by checking my emails at least three times a day and always at at least four o'clock in the afternoon so that people who are in a later time zone or a time zone that comes in towards the end of my day get their responses answered too. I want the person to be going for inbox zero and showing their initiative in their responses rather than just flagging everything that is slightly out of the box with me. The sort of things I do want flagged is a customer complaint or a request or an opportunity to be a speaker at a conference or something like that. And the sort of places where I'd like them to show initiative is if somebody can't log on to the system and they're having trouble with passwords and logins, for example. Okay, so let's say that we got really, really clear about that. We talked about it through the interview process. We assessed for it. We set some expectations and we said, hey, this is the way I want the job done. And now let's fast forward to say three months later, if you're noticing that emails that are coming in after three o'clock aren't being answered. Because you talked about it at interview, because you talked about it as part of the onboarding process, because it's been already discussed, you're able to refer to that conversation, to that expectation that you've previously discussed. You know, and it may hopefully be even written down in their job description or even be noted as a KPI or as a success measure. You can measure the success in your role by looking at if you have inbox zero and if you're responding to everybody within a 24-hour period. Therefore, your conversation becomes much easier and it becomes something along the lines of, hey, I want to talk to you about your process for checking and responding to emails. How are you currently structuring that into your day? You get to wait for their response, find out what's going wrong without attacking them or without turning it into anything bigger than what it needs to be. And then you get to rediscuss your expectation, referring back to what's been said before in this job. We need somebody who can go in at least three times. And one of those times needs to be late in the day. And then we get to explain the why to catch the time zones that are just waking up at the end of our day. So you get to talk to the why and more importantly, you get to ask questions and identify what's going on and why they're not doing it the way you want it done. Namely, working out, is it a knowledge gap? In other words, they don't know how to do the thing you're asking them to do. Is it a systems gap, which means they didn't know they needed to do it? There's nothing prompting them. Or is it like a willingness gap in that they know they're meant to do it, but they don't want to? So you can feel already that it is so much less difficult. The difficulty factor has reduced so much from that initial great expectation setting process and conversation that happened at the beginning of our hiring process when we got clear and as part of the interviewing process. 
Now let's look at a totally different scenario and one that's much more common with my clients and what I see all the time. So this is the one where you've hired somebody in a slightly more general way without necessarily thinking specifically about the how. And when I talk about thinking about the how, I mean, frankly, thinking about what's going to annoy the hell out of you and thinking about, well, what's going to make me feel like a freaking queen when it comes to you being my administrator and helping me do all the things. So typically, and in this scenario, you haven't thought about those things, what's going to annoy me, what's going to make me feel really, really powerful and like a freaking queen. You haven't thought about that until the person starts doing the thing in the way that you feel annoying. And because you've only thought about it later, when you've realized it's annoying you, that's when you feel stuck. And that's when it's common to start think things like, isn't it obvious that they should check it before the end of the day, given the time zones? And that is like a typical thing to think if you're feeling frustrated or angry. Or you might start thinking things like, is it reasonable for me to expect them to check it before the end of the day? Because they've got young kids that are home from school, maybe I should just check it myself. And that is a common thing to start to think when you're feeling guilty or unsure if actually they're okay with doing things the way you want it done. And it's almost like you start to question whether it's okay to want what you want. Or often, if we have hurried through the hiring process and it's all been a little bit of a blur, it's common to just not really be sure what was and wasn't discussed specifically, particularly if you didn't take good notes and you didn't write things down, you've got nothing to like reference in writing, you know, what conversations did I have? What did I talk about? What didn't I talk about? It's easy then to just feel annoyed and think, oh, why do I have to bring up something so small? This is really frustrating thought I talked about it, it should be obvious, and then just try to like, I don't know, ignore it, I guess. And I guess what I see happening in this scenario is that we start to stew on it. And in the meantime, resentment builds within you. And this is the clincher. You start to look for other things that they're not doing so well because your brain has started to ponder, well, perhaps... I don't want to have this conversation, so now I'm going to look for a reason why I shouldn't have this conversation. And if they're doing other things wrong, then perhaps we should just start again, get rid of them and, you know, be done with it and I don't have to have that difficult conversation. Or you know you want to talk about it, you know you need to talk about it, but because you've built it up to being this big thing, you bring it up in a way that feels like confrontational to you and therefore is received from the person in a confrontational way. And then I guess the last ending scenario that I want to share here that I see happening is you avoid it altogether, you don't talk about it, and you just band-aid the gaps because you just don't know how to have the conversation. So now I know that a bunch of you are listening to this nodding, maybe having a quiet giggle because you've been there. And to be honest, I've been there too. I've avoided the conversations. I've sat in resentment. I've let resentment build. I've done all the things. And of course, it's something I work with my clients on every single day. And this is why I don't want it to happen to you. So what I want you to hear today is that the solution, the way to avoid these difficult conversations is to get better at setting good expectations through the hiring process from the outset. That means getting clear on who you need. That means getting clear on the what and the how. So what do they need to do 
How do you want them to do it so you feel like a freaking queen? And then interviewing somebody, looking for a match to that beautiful listed clarity and having robust conversations, powerful conversations about what you do and don't want, all as part of the interview process. And then once you both have made the decision that it feels great, reiterating all those expectations as part of the onboarding process. I was joking one day with one of my clients along the lines of, I want you to think of like interviewing somebody in the hiring process is almost like laying out all the good, the bad, the ugly. This is what I need you to do. This is how I want you to do it. This is what I'm like as a leader. This is what I need from somebody to make me feel really great. Do you want to work like that? Does that work for you? Does that feel great for you? And to a certain extent, speak now, forever hold your peace, (laughs) as they say, just before you get married. And so I guess if you've been through that beautiful two-sided conversation where you're clear on what you need, you've assessed if the person probably likes to work like that, then you state really clearly, this is what I need and this is how I need you to do it. And then you both make a really conscious decision that, yeah, this sounds good to both sides. Let's jump in. So once you've been through that, you've also built a relationship based on conversation, based on trust. You've acknowledged that there are two sides here. You've both tried to have really good conversations about what you do and don't like. So when and if something does go wrong or it doesn't feel quite so right down the track, the conversation that you have then will immediately and automatically feel less difficult because of the conversation that you had through the interview process and the relationship that you built. And I guess the intention that you set and showed to them to come into this, telling them what you believe to be true and asking them how it felt to them. And I promise you at that stage, everything feels less hard because you get to just circle back and go, oh, you know, we talked about this. You know, we're looking for someone to do this. Tell me about the way you're doing it. Tell me what you were thinking. Tell me what your interpretation was. Ah, this is what I meant by that. And the way you're doing it right now isn't quite meeting that. So let's talk about why you thought you should do it that way, what the gap is and whether we can bridge it. It becomes just a conversation. And whilst I'm here to absolutely say we need to spend the time to get really, really clear up front and to put the work in up front to get that clarity, to be able to interview with confidence, to have the beautiful, clear conversations, to be transparent and to allow both sides to opt in consciously to, hey, this feels like a great arrangement for us both. The reality is is that you'll never probably cover all the things in the interview that you might need to talk about. You might cover most of it. Something will come up down the track, but because you've spent the time, you've been intentional about trying to be clear and trying to be detailed in the interview and you've established a relationship, you know, you've given them the impression that you actually, you know, cared what they thought and you truly tried to work out the way they wanted to work, et cetera, et cetera. The little small corrections and conversations that you need to have when something's not 100% perfect down the track will feel exactly like that, small and just conversations, little corrections to get back on the right path. So the secret to avoiding difficult conversations is setting better expectations up front in the interview and throughout the hiring process. So you get clear on who you need, you assess it in the interview, you set expectations and you have detailed conversations about what you need, how you want things done, and frankly, what's going to annoy you. And you discuss it again at the onboarding stage. And you have 
regular check-in conversations to correct and clarify further your expectations to support the person to be the best version that they can be within your team. So that, I hope, has given you a huge aha moment about how you avoid those dreaded, difficult conversations, those awkward conversations that none of us want to have. We get better at hiring well, at setting expectations and having really robust conversations through the interview process. And I also want to put in here that a robust, great conversation at interview doesn't need to be formal and stuffy and awkward. It can be relaxed, professional, flowy, jokey, friendly. It gets to be all the things that represents you. So in a beautiful interview doesn't need to be a stuffy, horrible interview that many of us have probably experienced in our previous corporate lives. It gets to be structured. It gets to be friendly. It gets to be professional, but it gets to also be specific, clear, and a true two-sided conversation. And it's through that specificity, it's through that two-sided conversation, it's through that clarity that you allow yourself and them to be really transparent, to be really open, and to have and establish a great relationship from the outset. So, of course, if you want a hand to learn how to do all of this, to be able to execute this beautiful conversation, this expectation setting through interview, whilst also assessing somebody's suitability, I would love to invite you to join my hiring mastery program and learn my process that steps you through this. So this is an eight-week hybrid group and private coaching container where I will teach you my signature framework that literally teaches you how to get clear, how to have these epic conversations, how to find the right person, how to screen them, and how to run an awesome interview that feels flowy and fun and professional and relaxed and all the things you want it to be. And finally, how to have a rock solid onboarding process that sets your new person up and you and your business up for the most successful relationship possible. So if you think that sounds as awesome as what it is, then jump on over to paulamadins.com forward slash hiring hyphen mastery and check it out. We're running the next round in October. Doors are open now and there's sort of discounted pricing and whatnot and bonuses available for jumping in early. If you've got any questions, reach out to me at paula at paulamadins.com or send me a DM over on Instagram, which is where I love to hang out at paulamadins consulting is my Instagram handle. But go and check it out because genuinely one of the biggest complaints and frustrations that all my clients and I want to say every entrepreneur that I talk to is managing the headaches that come with people management in inverted commas. And often when you drill into it, that's how do I have the difficult conversations with the people on my team because they're not doing what I want them to do. And I assure you, if you can master this art of hiring well, of getting clear, of having beautiful, robust interview questions, that resulting difficult conversations, those awkward conversations down the track can be reduced and minimized. So avoid them by getting better at the front end of the process. Okay, so that's all from me for this week. Have a beautiful week and I will see you back here next week.